You're listening to Never Face Data Loss Again by Cloud Ally, an open text company, providing secure backup and recovery from Microsoft 365, Salesforce, and more. Get helpful business tips from tech wizards and security experts on how to keep your company's data secure and resilient. Are you grappling with jumpstarting your Salesforce career post-pandemic? Heather Black, our thought leader for the month, has just the right real-world pointers to get you blazing. She is a 6X certified golden hoodie trailblazer and founder of Supermums, a global Salesforce training and recruitment brand, which helps women to accelerate their Salesforce career. Supermums has supported 280 plus trainees and engaged 170 plus volunteers across nine different countries worldwide. Welcome, Heather. Well, thank you for having us, Teresa. Very happy to have you. So, Heather, let's start with uh, a subject close to your heart. You are passionate about empowering women in the workplace and the tech industry. What are the essential soft skills that you would say women re-entering the workplace should hone on, hone in particular? Mm, absolutely. No, it's a great question. Um, so I teach our mums or our trainees, we have mums, dads and some people that aren't either on our programmes, um, coaching skills and business analysis skills. And quite often these are skills that our trainees and say mums have already in their toolkit quite often. They might have used informally um, you know, in, in different roles they've had before. Um, if we were to really simplify what coaching and business analysis is it's very much about asking the right questions for people helping understand what their business problems are helping to solve their business problems um you know that's it in a nutshell and a lot of skills a lot of those skills they might have done in previous jobs but not known that it was really coaching or business analysis as the more formal terms and my background was a business coach so for me I was like oh I didn't realize actually these business coaching skills are exactly the same thing, but actually helping implement Salesforce implementations. What I found really useful though, was doing a more formalized course in business analysis and coaching to really fine tune and understand, you know, the nuances and the more formalities of doing it for a Salesforce project. Um, And that's now what I teach um, trainees when they come on our Supermoms program. It's kind of more those formal skills, but they're they're great skills. They're not scary skills. They're ones that anybody can sort of, you know, get under their tool tool belt quite there is, you know, a very low barrier to entry with those. It just really is about learning them. Right. But they are so crucial to the project. I think so. Absolutely. Because um, technology projects isn't just about the technology. Actually, I would say technology is maybe like 30% of it. The 60% of skills required for Salesforce projects um, is people engagement skills and making sure that you understand what the business priorities are problems are and that you're implementing a solution um, that will meet those needs so you know I, I you know it's incredibly important that you've got coaching business analysis skills to successfully bring a project to life um, the technology and building the product is is very important too obviously but that tends to be I would say to a you know a 50 60 split that's true And, uh, you know, a Salesforce career path can have uh, varied trajectories. When you're at the crossroads of choosing certifications and paths, uh, what pointers would you give a person at that that juncture to pick uh, the career path that fits best? Yeah, so that's an interesting one too. So 
you could go down either route. I mean, I've done five or six different jobs within the Salesforce ecosystem since I started. And I think, it, you know, that's the, the, the joy of the marketplace is that you don't need to stick one path and then that's the route you go down. You can, you know, choose different roles at different points in your life that suit you. So, for example, I started out building systems for a lot of my clients and working virtually um, because I was breastfeeding my daughter and wanting to work at home more and didn't want to travel into London much. Um, and so being more the admin and building the system, I was doing business analysis virtually with them, but that worked really well for me because I, I really enjoyed just tinkering with the system and building it and spending hours like doing it. And then when my daughter was two, I really was getting that. I missed going out and meeting people and doing workshops. Um, and so I took on more of the role of a, a consultant BA role and actually did more of the business analysis and decided to step back from building the system. And I built, I worked collectively with other team members to where they would then focus on building the system. And I would go out enjoying my time, kind of facilitating the workshops, gathering requirements, thinking about what the system could be, but then not having to build it. I can test it and understand it. So it's really good to have those you know, that understanding of the system and how and how it should work. Um, but I really enjoyed doing that side of it. So I think you can go down to, you know, there are those two tracks. There's a sort of the very much the people side where you're going out, meeting people, discussing things with stakeholders all the time. You know, you're not kind of building the system. So typically those people side of skills would be business analysis, project management, consultant, because a consultant can be hybrid as well. Um, and you're kind of, I say, dealing a lot more with people and gathering requirements. Or you could go down the route of admin, advanced admin, developer, architect route, where you're very much, you've gone through building the system and understand the build to a point. An architect is where, you, you know, you've done most of the building and you're managing people who are building the system. Um, I don't think it's one or the other. Like, you know, you can obviously go down those tracks and stick with them. But equally, you know, you could decide at any point to back. do some. Yeah. That's a great suggestion. Uh, Heather, you became an accidental Salesforce admin, so to speak, in 2011 while managing your nonprofit. Uh, what advice would you give women with a non-technical background seeking to take the Salesforce plunge? How viable is it as a career choice? Um, so when we recruit people onto the Sigmas program, or we do a five-day challenge, actually, from our website, you can sign up to a five-day challenge, and we get them to understand what the Salesforce ecosystem is. We get them to do a, a, a test trailhead, which is a way of learning the system and understanding it and gives you exposure to a little bit about how you build the system. Our foundation course, the admin course, um, gives them an understanding of what Salesforce is. It helps them to get their hands dirty to see if they like it or not. Um, but what it does is teach you what Salesforce can do and say gives you a taste of building a, a technology system. I think it's a great foundation course for whichever trajectory you go into that we've just talked about, because from that you can decide, actually, I really enjoy building the system and you know I want to do more of that. Or you might say, actually, I love understanding what Salesforce can do, but actually building the system isn't the thing for me. So I'll go down the route of being a BA and a project manager or a consultant where you don't have to build, but you get all the fun bit about designing and thinking about it in your head and gathering requirements. So we talk about non-tech background. I think the reality is Salesforce is open to anybody from any walks of backgrounds. We've seen that 
you know, we've actually had over now about 450 trainees go through our programme globally. So it's, um, you know, we're really sort of ramping up our numbers. And, you know, they have such a, a wide range of backgrounds. I think the thing is, is to get stuck in and figure out which job suits you. Salesforce is very flexible in that. Yeah. Um, um, talking about, you know, uh, our times, the pandemic has, uh, uh, you know, made working from home uh, uh, the new normal and it has thrust the challenges of the same on an unprepared workforce, you know, as a seasoned work from home, uh, you know, you've balanced work and motherhood. What advice would you give women struggling with context switching and load balancing? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think people assume it's like, oh, great, I can just pop the washing on in my lunchtime. Or I think, you know, during the pandemic, it was harder if the kids are at home, right? I think, you know, I, I, I think reflecting on the new norm now where we've got the balance that we want, I think it is about having a routine. So every every quarter, I will sit down and rejig my diary and create new habits if ones aren't working for me and really schedule things out. So I'll block time out for things. I'll, you know, and that might mean working in the evening sometimes so I can take half a day off to do something for myself. So I will go and do a horse riding lesson at 11.30 on Tuesday, which I'm learning, getting there. Um, but it's the only time I could do it. But I'll work Tuesday night because I've done that. So I think it's really important that women make time for themselves because we have to look after ourselves to be able to look after everybody else. And our own health and well-being is, is important. I think equally you need to create new routines and habits for doing that with your kids. And I think, you know, if you're picking up the kids early, you know, looking after them. I think it's incredibly hard to have a computer open when the kids are running around because you tend to be trying to juggle and then you get cross with them and it doesn't work and then you make a mistake. And, um, you know, I think that I'm very thankful actually I had kids because it made me stop working when they were around. You know, I don't work when they're there. Um, or I get a nanny cover if I need to, which is, you know, very, you know, not, not common now the girls are a bit older. But um, I think it's about creating those habits, planning out a diary, managing your time, but making time for you as well within that. That's cool. Um, and despite all the buzz, you know, gender parity in tech is far from a reality. A re recent study by Accenture and Girls Who Code showed that 50% of women abandon technology careers by the age of 35 and 79% of women believe that the tech industry is not a place where they could thrive. Do you feel uh, Salesforce Ohana runs contrary to that tide uh, to offer a welcoming and nurturing launchpad for women? Yeah, it's a really great question, isn't it? I'd love research to demonstrate that that is the case to back it up. So I can certainly speak anecdotally about what I think. Um, I think the tech industry more broadly is, is obviously got a challenge retaining women. I do feel uh, from, so I mean, there are some stats here that would, support what I'm going to say um but I think this also so Ohana is supporting women more readily I think that's happened twofold one I think um the Salesforce admin route there was stats shared at Dreamforce um not last year actually the year before that 50% of Salesforce admins are women mm. um I think that shows that there is a good entry route for women I think the main thing is is maintaining those females up through the ranks in Salesforce roles, young admins. Um, that is to say they're an admin, they've got their admin cert versus perhaps an admin job role. Again, you know, there isn't, uh, 
there wasn't enough shared perhaps kind of evidence of which job roles they might have. I think though the other challenge has been and more broadly I'll talk about that stat more broadly I think the problem is not the tech industry or it's the, the company policies within the tech industry and the hiring practices the support for parents you know generally I would say you know for dads and mums you know why should it just be mums that pick up most of the responsibilities but um I know some dads want some more um you want to get more involved I think sales sales have very um strong values that they echo within the Salesforce ecosystem around supporting diversity inclusion supporting um, innovation and customer service and everything like that and think companies are listening to what Salesforce put out there and are thinking well how do we do things differently we see that within the customers that the sales supermums recruitment team work with um, you know, they want to hire women. They want to know how to support them better. There is that appetite. I think also, though, the pandemic from a positive point of view, dare I say that, is, um, you know, companies have had to embrace remote working and allow more flexibility. And there is trends like the Great Resignation now, which is causing people to rethink what balance they want in their life, that companies are now having to offer more benefits. And we're seeing that again from the recruitment side, that the candidates are have a little bit more power um, and the companies are really having to think about the benefits not just the salaries that they're offering and and so I think we're in that interesting position where my whole you know speech on flexibility and companies offering more flexibility is kind of like oh okay so what's the new mantra you know it's very much about educating companies about what the new norm should be and how they regain that balance to retain their talent but attract the right talent so I, I think the research that was done, you know, probably was very correct at the time. I think it'll be really interesting to redo that research over the next coming year, given that companies have had to change very much their approach to things and to see what that looks like going forward. Yes, it is seeming to be like a watershed moment as far as attrition and, you know, uh, looking at an employee holistically and as a person with uh, work life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the kids have come on the cameras by now, surely. <laughs> I can't hide them away. That's true. Um, so what are the key differentiating factors that employers look for in Salesforce consultants particularly for part-time workers or uh, you know how can they uniquely pitch their skills and services without being sidelined mm. so I mean uh, there is not enough talent out there the reality is so there is doors for newcomers to the marketplace and the way that people need to sell themselves um, con consultancies want to hire people with industry experience so they should have a really good, you know, should be selling what industries they've worked in previously, you know, whether that's call centers or retail or telecommunications, whatever it is, and kind of be saying, you know, and, and basically positioning themselves as a consultant within an industry that they're most familiar with, because that's when you're doing business analysis, it's about understanding the business and the processes. So if you've worked in a certain industry, you come with that knowledge firsthand, right? So that's really what 
a consultancy firm is needing to sell into their customers as well to say, look, we have a Salesforce consultancy team that has knowledge of your industry, um, but also Salesforce products. And we can combine those two things together. And that industry knowledge is much harder to kind of acquire, if you like. Salesforce knowledge you can acquire. Um, the industry knowledge, like years of that is, is harder. So that's a great um, opportunity. I think the other is... Um, People want to see people where there's an appetite for self-learning and self-study and motivation. So a lot of people like hiring our super mums because they've invested a lot of time and hours and money into training themselves um, and also then continuing to train and upskill themselves. They're very accountable. So um, somebody who's shown that dedication, that commitment to learning Salesforce products, third party app products as well. Again, we launched our free CPD program and we're working with Cloud Ally on this to kind of really train people up in a range of third-party apps because equally that's what consultancies also require is that breadth of knowledge of the Salesforce product suite which is not just Salesforce native but also you know other products that are can latch onto that to enhance the value of it so it is really that breadth of knowledge I think that's the other thing is don't stop learning add as much to your CV as you can and go in there armed with knowledge about what the products are. Right. And uh, what resources, blogs, communities would you recommend as a starting point to Salesforce newbies to quickly upskill themselves? Oh, okay, cool. Well, obviously, I have to start with the supermums.org website. <laughs> so we have a blog and we provide a very educational blog once a week that educates them on um, a Salesforce product feature or job role or something. So there's a motivational newsletter that goes out every week. So we'd encourage you to sign up to our news bulletin. Um, alongside that, Trailhead is obviously the other platform we massively use that Salesforce set up, which provides a free educational resource. Um, and then our other favourites are Salesforce Ben, uh, which is great to sign up to, focus on force, um, ladies be architect, are all great sort of groups, sources of information, videos, resources, um, you know, to kind of just kind of keep abreast of what's going in the marketplace, but also provide motivation for learning. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a good blog rule. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, you spoke about Cloud Ally and our partnership doing the CBD program and, uh, you know, talking about that, uh, Salesforce has always acknowledged the importance of protecting data from loss using backup and recovery. And uh, Cloud Ally will be hosting two uh, Supermums Office Hour events uh, 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 about the options available for Salesforce data protection. Uh, what steps do you advise by way of due diligence to ensure uh, that your Salesforce data is protected from data loss? Yeah, it's a good question, isn't it? I think it's first, have you got a data governance plan um, for your organization? I think it's one of those things that you can think, oh, it never happened to us. Like, it's fine. Um, but I, I really like the article that we've where we're educating our customers on um, data governance, because I think, you know, the blog that we've co-created is around actually it's not just data disappear you know it's not about the system going down and not having access to data it there's a lot of ways that data can get accidentally deleted by people and i've had it done in our org as well um you know so it could be an accidental deletion could be a deletion on purpose it could be um a refresh 
it refresh yeah it could be data import that's overwritten stuff that you shouldn't have done and like you know there's all these head plant moments where you're like oh my god and what do you do so don't leave it too late I think you know what you need is a data governance plan I think um you know working with Cloud Ally in this blog which hopefully we've put a link to going on the side of this webinar um there's a really great um, toolkit that Cloud I put together around all the steps and things and considerations and way to do data backup so that's what Supermums we sort of champion is like here are some great resources this is how you can do it this is what you need to be thinking about um so i download their um toolkit to kind of help you think through what you need to do but what i would recommend is don't leave it um to something that's bottom of your list because it might not happen or should happen because reality is it could and then it's going to be a problem for your job potentially because it's something that you haven't thought about um or do so definitely take the steps to address it think about it and put a plan in place right that is true you do need a safety net for your data yeah. that's true um, so lovely talking to you, Heather, and um, uh, I, I will be adding the links below for uh, for our viewers to register to, to the Office R events and uh, looking forward to those too. Thank you so much. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much, Teresa. Lovely to speak to you today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You are listening to Never Face Data Loss Again by Cloud Allies.